You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now, here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Hey everybody, it is Andrew Lowen, and welcome to another awesome episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. I am joined by Sexy Irish Sean, Rick, who I don't have an ad descriptor for this time, and Francis and Anthony of Ant Lab Games. We decided to split the Ant Lab Games episode into two into a two part because it was just such great information, and we were getting such great value out of it personally that we felt like you guys probably would too. So instead of wrap up, you know, when we had so many other questions and such a, a great discussion points, we just thought we would keep keep it rolling. And so we're going to be talking more about content creators and the value that they can bring to you, th what they're looking for in various games. We actually got into, you know, dealing with criticism and and really excited to share this with you. I personally consider it very important as a marketer to for you to know this. So that's why we split it into two parts. So let's get right into it. Richard, do you want to tell them about that YouTube hack? Which one? You, how to get views. <laughs> All the hacks. Oh, Amazon. Are you oh, talking, oh Amazon. Amazon Mechanical Turk? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That's cheating. And that's also share that online. <laughs> I don't want to secrets. No. Um, so you, this is interesting. YouTube yeah. is owned by Google. Yeah. Right. Now, Google, if, if, you're, if you do spammy stuff on your websites or whatever, Google can de-index you off, you know, from their, from their search engine. They won't de-index YouTube ever because they own it. It's their property. Right. <laughs> However, you can take advantage of their property because oh. of their algorithms. You know, the more views, the more people that see your right. video, the higher you rank, the better you do, and they won't take it off. Well, Amazon has this program called Mechanical Turk, and people can sign up for it. And what you do is you give them, you assign people small tasks to do, and you pay them like ten cents or two cents oh, or whatever. So you can right. say, "Hey, watch this video for this many minutes. I'll give you ten cents," and then. Amazon Turk actually keeps, or Mechanical Turk keeps track of it. So you just, all you do is set up the ad, you put, put a bunch of money in your little pool, and then it, whenever someone completes the task, it just pays them out. And right. so you can get viewers from around the world watching your video, and it bumps wow. up the rankings and all and the fun. So you can have, too, you can have right? subscribed, yeah. you can make that a, and comment. I really, I, I comment. Love, love to know how many people are actually doing that. But <laughs> there's actually a lot. In fact, there's a, there's a, a really good channel that I watch, a lady uh, uh, who does this. She also owns 100 cell phones. And she also plays oh. with things like YouTube map or Google Maps and things. And oh, she can, wow. she shows oh, you how she can. This stuff. She manipulates it, and she's like, "Look how easy you can do this." I feel like she oh. needs to be arrested by the FBI, <laughs> for like grand larceny type. But thing. it shows you that you can optimize the the SEO. You know, if you pay enough money. So if yeah. you pay, yeah, yeah. And I, I really would. I really am curious. Are there people in our hobby doing that? And I, I yeah. I, which would be, terrible. you know, I was curious because, uh, you know, running a live Kickstarter right now, in fact, I don't know how much money we've made by, you know, me just sitting on this, this video here, but, it, but we're, you know, we're running a, a live Kickstarter. And one of the things that I've been so surprised about is, you know, we were on, um, you know, various channels that we got a lot of views, a ton of views in a short period of time. And we earned like one backer at a dollar, you know, oh, a single wow. dollar backer in the entire, you know, time we were, we were live with that channel, um, right. you know, but it had like 7,000 views. And then in other cases, I was live 
on another channel with which had like 100 views and this right. one i'll actually name because it was a good thing the charity board gamer uh chris goodlett with the charity board gamer he did a little live stream and it had i think you know 200 views o- overall and we got seven backers from the wow. charity board gamer and yeah. uh, you know it was very worthwhile just to simply take the time and, and be on that channel but it yeah. made me wonder like are the people watching, you know, the 7,000 people that watch this one versus the, you know, few hundred that watched the other, you know, it just, it just didn't really compute for me. So maybe that is happening, but it would probably be like the million dollar question. Right. right? And so the, the, uh, the question being, how do you, how do you quantify this? And as a content creator, how do you quantify yourself do you a lot of people probably don't want to we've tried to capture this um it's it's hard we just started we just started um on each of our videos every single one of our playthroughs whether it's a retail game or kickstarter we didn't do this for deliverance now i'm a little angry at that because i I would love to have been (laughs) able to give you that stat it must have been a walking a walking thing but what we decided to do was to take advantage of the fact that we do have a lot of commenters like our community is very engaged and that's another Mm -hmm. stat that you can look at too what kind of comments are posted yeah. And um, on on each video, we pin a first comment and we're like, if this video helped you make a decision, not not like, did you go buy this because of this video? But did it make did it help you make a decision about whether or not this game belongs in your collection? Give us a thumbs up on that comment. You don't even have to mm-hmm. leave a comment. Just go give us a thumb. But a lot of people will leave comments like you were saying before about like Arnak. We got a bunch. And yeah. it was like, I'm definitely going out and buying this or I wasn't real. This wasn't on my radar. Yep. But now I want to be. Now, that's something that we can give as a follow up statistic in our 30 day report right. to, you know, folks who we've done Kickstarter videos or whatever to say, look, here's how many views it got. Here's the impressions. But also mm-hmm. here's some like highlighted comments. Here's mm-hmm. what people really liked. If there's any other feedback people had, we'll give that to you, too, because that to us is value. Yep. Yeah, that's so actually it, really pretty I, awesome. One thing, one thing I would say is that when you guys sort of took your your break, you know, I saw a lot of comments of people saying, "Oh, you know, really loved this channel. Really, it was, you know, it was really great content." And I think, unfortunately, YouTube, the way that it's set up, it really created clickbait and sensationalism. Yeah. And there's, as you said, there's so many people just trying to like break the algorithm, and they're all yes. copying each other. What what works? What's working today? Yes. <laughs> and I think your your community really. You know they're really heartbroken a lot of people were heartbroken when you took that break and you know was, yeah. they were unsure if you're coming back that's the key thing that the key takeaway of this yeah. episode ready for content creators is not to be discouraged by the views because mm-hmm. you know there's, there's so much wizardry and fakery and tr- trickery yeah. out there mm-hmm. if you used to know that the you know the the biggest channels obviously they have the income Maybe right. they're buying their views. That's, yeah. a, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. If, if you have a channel that has 250,000 subscribers and your videos are on average getting four to 5,000 views. That's a problem. That's, that's, <laughs> there's something wrong there, right? Like, honestly, there's something that's just, just You not should have right. like two to three times the amount of you views def- compared to your you subscribers. Getting, yeah. you should, <laughs> honestly, one to three, I'm going to say. Yeah, <clears throat> your average should be thirty to 40,000, if not more, yeah. mm-hmm. per yes. video. That should be the low end. Yeah, I would think like so what I think as well is you have older channels, right? And the subscribers were more valuable in the past. So you have, for instance, you think it's Smosh. I'm sure if you went to Smosh, they probably have millions of subscribers, but I'm sure their view count is abysmal now simply because Mm -hmm. subscribers were more valuable in the past. That's when they got their subscribers and algorithms have changed. So Mm -hmm. you're going to see that tail end. That's going to be more apparent for older channels, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think to kind of bring the conversation background to to you know what what you're looking for in a content creator. Also, content creators who know their audience are definitely going to be 
that's like a, a big old green flag, I think, mm-hmm. because a lot of in doing our mentorship program too, a lot of the content creators we worked with weren't really sure who their audience was, didn't really know who it was that was commenting and all of that. We mm-hmm. know our we know who our audience is. Like mm-hmm. I could yep. probably paint a persona of our audience <laughs> and it would probably encapsulate about like 90% of the people that watch our channel. And, and, you know, and that wasn't, it's not like intentional. We're not like trying to attract certain kinds of people. It's just that we're being ourselves. We know we're not going to attract mm-hmm. everyone. And we're also not trying to catch everyone. We have a niche market. We do two player playthroughs. We're not trying to be everything to everyone. And therefore there's a lot of value packed into the audience that we do have. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I have taken a hard stance on my audience for deliverance as a, as a board game. It is a Christian fantasy. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll call it a dungeon crawler, but it's, it, you guys know, it's more like a tactical skirmish yeah, with some yeah. dungeon crawling elements and adventure elements and whatnot. And it just, it doesn't even have a category. It's a dungeon crawler, <laughs> you know, fight me. Deceived. <laughs> It's yes. not Hero Quest. Hero Quest is the best dungeon crawler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, in a dungeon crawl, you really need to be in the middle of a dungeon, not know why you're there, but be determined, de- determined to explore. It's like, yep. I don't know where I am, but I'm just going to explore. Everything wants to kill me, and I'm okay with that. Exactly. You know? so, but, uh, but for Deliverance, I am marketing the game. This is kind of a really strange target market for this industry. I'm marketing to Christians who love to play hobby board games. Mm-hmm. And there are many non-Christians that love deliverance. I mean, there are people of every ideology and lifestyle and everything right. like that that have come to love deliverance. But I marketed specifically to what I felt was a really underserved community that, you know, that really wanted a game like this and, and all that. And on the regular, I get comments of, you know, hey, you should change your name. Because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Deliverance was the name of a 1972 movie that was f- famous for, uh, we'll just say, a very negative scene. It's like oh, the, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and there's, yeah, it, yes, it did. Uh, and there are banjos playing, and yeah. uh, evidently, Deliverance is like the number one song you need to learn when you are learning to play the banjo. Mm-hmm. Um, banjos, yeah. Yeah. And so there are people on the regular, even still, even though we're like seven days from being from being mm-hmm. done on Kickstarter, yep. we'll say, you should change your name. It's like, you know, I'm not going to. And the right. reason for that is the the correct target market, is the name means the right thing to the right people. So, yeah. and, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm able to base my decision, which is a really important decision on the data of, you know, that the game is the right thing to the right people. The people that hate the name, the people that give me the banjo memes, the people that just <laughs> make fun of me for, you know, the pig squealing and all that. Yep. It's just a thing that they are not my target market. Right. So exactly. I'm okay with that, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I was and, a dum-dum. I actually had to ask. I'm like, why do people keep throwing up these banjos on, on social <laughs> media? Like, what is this? But it's funny because uh, Andrew makes a really great point. It's funny because he's got his target market, but he actually has quite a few submarkets that he didn't intend to target there and there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I found on an atheist board, someone's like, oh, look at this game. You know, and like he actually posted a link to the Deliverance board game. Like he, yeah. I think he was trying to mock it. He's like, oh, yeah, you, you won't catch yeah. me buying this game. And then they had like hundreds of responses yeah. on this atheist board. And like one guy, guy's like, I really like this. Oh. And then the other guy's like, you know what? This has got some great Christian mythology. I'm going to look into it. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Lord. So, it, right? yeah. They like mythology or whatever. Yeah. Okay. 
Exactly. And so for me, I feel like just as with our company's philosophy of like, I don't want to do anything too political Mm -hmm. or whatever, I think that religion can easily fall into, I know it's not politics, but it's religion is, you know, something we would equally want to kill each other over in, Mm -hmm. in, you know, some places. I think that religion, if you're pushing an ideology on somebody and asking them to believe in the ideology as part of your game, then I would first argue that your game is not a game. It's an educational tool. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, right. and so for me, I, I actually believe that it should be game first, that we're just going to tell a really awesome story in this universe. We're going to start right. with, yeah, Christ crucified, buried, resurrected. He's your commander in chief. You're an epic angel. Demons right. are bad. Satan's the worst. That's the way the lore goes. But yeah. we're just going to tell an epic story within this universe. Yep. And yeah, Rick, you're exactly right. What we found is that we have, you know, members of the church of Satan saying, this is great. I wish there were more Bible verses in his flavor text because that would be really great. (laughs) Christian mythology is something that I'm interested in because I'm interested in Greek mythology and, you know, Viking lore and all that kind of stuff. So why not? Yeah, yeah. Because in the end it's, it's bringing us together as board gamers. So exactly. Mission accomplished as far as I'm concerned. So how do you guys deal with toxicity and people being nasty and trolls? What's (laughs) probably got some, probably got some sticks in. <laughs> we let our community we just check out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. There's, I mean, there's been all all levels of um, well, I mean, nastiness. Let's break but... this down into categories, right? Because yeah. you've got different types of toxicity. You've got toxicity <laughs> coming from fans and in, in the board gamer community. Mm-hmm. Then you've got toxicity coming from other content creators, right? Hmm. So they're they're treated differently, wholly differently. Yeah. So from a community perspective or a fan base perspective on our channel we we're, we're fortunate in that we receive almost none virtually none like yeah. zero negativity anybody who posts anything negative even if it's not negative and it was interpreted as negative our fans jump immediately on them like it is yeah. within it minutes we had... even today there was actually <laughs> yesterday, yesterday. We, there was um we did our passer play which is like our kickstarter sort of should we should we back it or not kind of thing and um and some somebody put on there she's a pass in the comments in the comments but <laughs> so she immediately right? so of gets course offended. Yeah, she's immediately, like, i'm like what do you mean she's a pass like, i'm like, in a weird mood anyway so yeah. but um but then somebody and somebody jumped on it and they were like well this is a weird comment like yeah, no, okay, this is kind of creepy yeah to say yeah. that and dude, the guy's like it was a it was a dread reference so it was a from judge the movie dread, dread. It's a yep. line. It, it was line zero so, harm intended. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, like, that is. Yeah. I'm like, that's an awesome comment. Yeah. So it was actually not Which is actually mean, a positive thing. So. But that's how quick. I mean, it was within <laughs> oh two gosh. minutes of her telling me about it. Somebody had already responded to it. Yeah. In defense. Like, like so people yeah. jump on these other so people. Like, fortunately, that's, that's to protect us, where we are. Like, because we have very passionate fans. And we, we did have somebody that wanted to scoop our eyeballs out yeah somebody made a very threatening ugly (laughs) that i think was the only comment that we've ever like banned yeah was was that a movie reference also no (laughs) just literally a a crazy coming at us dig your heart out with a spoon because it hurts more (laughs) something like that that just adds no value to the conversation or to the video i just immediately block ban report you know like that's just okay done so they'll never post again in our forums uh, Mm -hmm. on our videos and then you never see it again so that's it's that Mm -hmm. easy that may be one or two that i've ever done yeah that's it in the entirety of our channel yeah so we really from a fan perspective we really haven't received a lot of like toxicity we've had some criticism about technical things about the channel before people who don't like how we're very 
verbose. <laughs> so yeah. it's like learn some brevity, you know. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. But, but here's the thing: that's we, a you kind of brush off because it's like, all right, well, we don't tell yeah, people not, what to do, how to think, or how to act. Right. right. And I think when you start to do that on a pedestal mm-hmm. is when people start mm-hmm. to come at you. Right. Because they yep. don't want to be told how to live. They don't want to be told what to think. They don't want to. You know, so I think if you step into that space and you start preaching down to people from mm-hmm. your soapbox, they're going to come at you and be and start questioning you. And then you're going to sit there and constantly get in the cycle of having to ban a million people. Right. Constantly. And then we don't go there because because, you know, we're all humans, adults, people are going to do what they do. We, we demand respect in our space for each other mm-hmm. and that's it you know yeah. don't you, you're not nobody needs to be attacking anybody we don't attack anybody we don't do any of that stuff we just do our thing we're here to entertain and that's it and i think youtube's quite good with the tools it gives creators in order to moderate yeah. their, their oh, comments sure. yeah, you can block words and right. the way i see it is that people commenting on your videos it's your properties your videos mm-hmm. so it's, it's yep. coming into like your private facebook group and commenting yeah. so they have they don't have a right to comment they really are guests and you yeah. have right. the ability to do what you like there. Yeah. Exactly. Now and again, luckily mm-hmm. we haven't had to do that. I'm not I'm not like a huge fan of just like I don't like what you said, block. I don't do that. <laughs> um I I like to engage in conversation. I like to like I don't like I like disagreeing with people, but I like to hear other perspectives on things. I am like a student of just people. Like I I just really get into like mm-hmm. learning about people and what they're thinking and why they think and why they do what they do. So I'm like the one with lots of questions, I guess. You know, not everybody wants to talk to you. That's okay. But I think from a uh, from a, like an other content creator's perspective, yeah. that's where we tend to get the most criticism and and maybe negativity. Yeah. Uh, we've mentioned before it it can be a very cutthroat place. It's not. That's really like what made. when people arm other people as like weapons. Yes. And you know right. they talk to thousands of people and then they send them over to you. It's like. Drop bombs yeah. on Ant Lab Games, everyone. Yeah. So here's here's the problem with that, though, right? So they'll 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 arm all these people and send them after us, right? But the minute we point it out, we don't even retaliate. We literally just say, "Hey, look what these people are doing publicly. They're naming us and they're saying these things about us and they're sending people over to us." The minute we just share that, right? We have people who immediately go and ask them, "What in the world? Why are you doing this? You guys are you're saying these terrible things about them," and they just start blocking them immediately because they don't want to hear anybody yeah. defending us so it just creates this 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 i don't know this whole atmosphere of, well, of the, toxicity the thing is the um and we've uh, we kind of talked about this before we started the the podcast too just what's going on in general there's this general like duality yeah. to everything so it's like you're either good or you're bad or you're you know good or you're evil mm-hmm. or you're like yeah. you know this or that and it's like there is no room anymore for there to be a uh, like a, a median space to actually have discussion or yep. to maybe like maybe i'm with you on these three things but i'm not with you on these other three things yep. and that's okay right right so when it comes to these kinds of circumstances where you're trying to turn you're physically you're actually trying to turn people against other people whether it's a design or a game or you won't change the name of your game therefore you're evil yeah. <laughs> and deserve to be punished yep. you know yep. that's kind of the mentality and we don't subscribe to that at all at yeah. all and, um, and what happens is we when we when we sort of said hey we just pointed it out these people are posting publicly that don't work with us right so what happened was people go and they question them and then all of a sudden they're like oh we're being threatened now look at they're doing they're naming us publicly and we were like, we didn't name anybody. All we did was share your public post with everybody. 
You know what I mean? We yeah. didn't go out of our yep. way to say, oh, we just were trying to send people after you. We, we in fact, said nobody bothered these people. Yeah. But we just want you to know this is what's happening in our community. And this is happening in our very small content creator community um, that there's there's content creators going after other content creators and how like what in the world is happening right now? Well, and, and the thing is, looking at this again from a business perspective, we have a lot of respect for the publishers and designers and all of you guys that are working really hard to put out the games that we all are trying to like love together. Right. And when you're in a space where there's so much value being put on content creators, blindly, yes. in my opinion, with like we just discussed, no real ability to quantify value, all of that kind of thing. It makes it very, not just toxic, but it's it's dangerous to have a community of people who are so valuable to people's businesses and livelihoods going around throwing mud and trying to bring, you know, other people down in, in a way that really brings the entire industry down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen this yeah. happen around the time we left. There were just issue yeah. after issue every week with, all right, who's the, who's the topic of the week and right. who, who's being <laughs> you know shut down now. And it, it just got to a point where like, like, is anybody safe yeah. anymore? Like, so we, we spent the last, how long has it been? It was four about, months, yeah, five four months, months. Thinking about kind of just like what needs to change and and not who needs to change, but actually like what needs to change in order to change the trajectory of our, of our, of our community and yeah. pull us out of this like dark place where everybody hates everybody else and nobody really understands the value in anything. Right. And, you know, people want to make games and they want to play games. They want to sell games how do we make that happen and and still have it be fun and, and, authentic and have it be fun and, and have people just continue to like respect that, so. each other right and that's all we just yeah. want everyone to respect each other and it's just that that's that wasn't happening and that's what really kind of set us off at the end of when we decided mm -hmm. to walk away for a while was that we didn't feel that there was any more respect in the in the at least in the content creator community it wasn't a, it wasn't us walking away from the board gaming community because we've had nothing but positivity from them it's just that yep. it, was, it was with the content creators and it was just like mm. We couldn't believe it. Yeah. So there's a, there's a warning there for content creators not to weaponize their influence because that's really what you're talking it's about. A great people, way to put it. Yeah. absolutely. People yeah. can get such a large following that you mm -hmm. have power. You have the ability to you know right. shut something down and, and the temptation. Well, here's is the thing. There. Here's, here's the funny part. It's not the large following content creators that are doing this. Mm -hmm. It's the small following content creators that are driving this. Believe it or not. So just. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I I would ascribe that to your 15 minutes of fame. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you want to get famous, just just start railing on somebody, and then yeah, somebody like, yeah. more popular than you will take that and run with it. Right, exactly, right. and that's what happens. Like it'll be a small one bringing up an issue against somebody else, and then they'll get the backing of a bigger yeah. channel to right. vocalize it, right? So they're pumping it up through this chain and you've got well, this. And what happens, just to, to give you some insight into the content creator community, I yeah. guess, what happens then is that you've got, again, all these content creators out there that they want to make money, they want to get in with the publishers. And if they hear that you're toxic, that you're not going to help them get ahead, all of a sudden now they don't want to support you either. And that's where you end up with this duality. So mm -hmm. in our case, it's like we had, we had people that we considered friends, mm -hmm. you know. Close who, friends who mm -hmm. basically, and not even basically, who flat out told us, we don't want to be associated with your channel because it could ruin our brand, but I don't understand why you don't want to be my friend like in real mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Uh, okay. we're, not, we're not that shallow. We, <laughs> so, we, yeah. we hold friendship a little bit higher than yeah, that. Yeah, I have pretty high standards for people I consider friends, but um, yep. you know, it, like it is- they should be nice, friendly? Standard <laughs> one, be friendly. Yeah. Standard, well, or standard you, two, you don't be a huge jerk. Your back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. It, it's and they, they when they completely didn't want to have our back because it would affect their brand. And I'm like, is this why you're here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is this Sounds why you're like on a, this... a business relationship as opposed to friendship? And well, that's exactly. that's what it yeah, turned yeah. into. Well, our our friendship became inconvenient for a minute. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So then it was like, well, I I, I can't I can't associate right. with you. So I'm going to go hang out with the ones that are coming after you. Right. And, yeah. and also instead. because YouTube, you know, let's say the trend is dunking on this certain content creator, and if people are monetizing their videos through display ads, which yes. means yeah. the more views, yep. the more money, then it behooves exactly. people to jump on a trend, which is, so it becomes like this self-feeding vicious cycle. It does. It can become quite toxic. Oh yeah. At, at the cost, I believe to, like I said, publishers and things like yourselves who are already so dependent on like reviewers getting videos out and you're paying these people a lot of money because this is your business. And in some cases, it's being taken not as seriously, I think, as it probably should be. Right. I think the goodwill of more so than most industries. So we, we operate in a business to business, you know, with our you know, marketing agency. And, you know, the funny thing about the business to business kind of industry is that there are a lot of companies that have terrible reviews that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that will market Kickstarters or um, other things, you know, and they're completely fine. And, you know, they have tons of negative reviews out there, lots of negative press, and they make tons of money because it doesn't really matter that much Um, in the end. Like a bad Yelp review is like almost meaningless. Yeah. Um, So that's why a lot of the the bad Twitter press, right? Yeah. Is Mm -hmm. not inconsequential, honestly. Right. Because it's like you, you, you see this crap being, you know, posted and it's like, oh, nobody works with them. And I'm like literally anybody we want yeah like we, we, we have very strong with, publisher relationships with. right um and yep. it's it's within this small group that you know they, they think that they're they're making all the rules right for the industry but they're not making any rules except for themselves and they're and they're curating their own little circle right so they're 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 and I, I, i've, I've heard right? i've heard the word pruning being used <laughs> like we need to prune the people out of this space who don't belong here and these are the yeah. people fighting for inclusivity, mind you. Like so, of course. And yeah. I've seen it posted. There's nothing more like, inclusive than excluding. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that is the worst thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Like, is this the yep. direction we're going? Where you know we're on the side of we want everybody involved mm-hmm. in this community. We want everybody to have a part. You know, everybody to have a voice, as long as it's done with respect, right, to other people. Right. And, and I think that not- part of the the you know I I have had ex- lots of experiences you know over the last five years of developing deliverance. I've had a lot of negativity that I've had to deal with, um, some from very famous people in this industry. And uh, one in particular would, every time I would post something, I made the mistake of engaging in a political debate, not not really debate, but just stating my opinion. I feel like on Facebook that you should never, first of all, general advice, never try to change somebody's opinion. Feel free to state your own opinion if you want to insert yourself into the conversation, but don't go on like an 86 post you know rampage of you know five paragraphs trying to tell people why they're right or why they're wrong and you're right but anyway what i would do is i would anything that i wrote from this point on that person would comment on like reply to my comment or comment right below and tell everybody what an idiot i was in one way or another and i realized like wow number one this could totally taint me in the eyes of 
um, the, you know, just random people and who knows yeah. like what, what will arise. But it was, it was completely ridiculous that the person was, um, trying to just, they were just throwing shade any way that yeah. they could. Yeah. And I just eventually blocked them. I was like, I don't need that in my life. You know, yeah, just, exactly. like I don't Nazi know it. if, um, yeah. if you guys have ever, I forget the name of the book. I know one I just read was, uh, called hooked by Neil near L I think. Hmm. Um, anyway, the whole uh, psychology behind like a Twitter or a Facebook and like the dopamine hits that you get every time you scroll, every time you post. And I'm, I truly believe that a lot of folks that are using social media in the way that they're using it are like clinically addicted to the media mm -hmm. itself. And they know that when they put out something that is inflammatory or if they respond mm -hmm. to somebody in such a way they know they're going to get a response back and they almost anticipate it they wait for it they want it yep and you're engaging trying to have a dialogue but they have no intention of having a dialogue that's right. not what this is about it's about getting their next they're trying to try to dunk on you yeah exactly. that's what they're doing right, and it right. feels if you think so about it if there's people two people having a conversation on the street everyone just walks past but yeah. if you see two people shouting and screaming at each other, everyone stops yeah. and looks. And that's basically yeah, right, what right. social media they is. They want to get involved and <laughs> exactly. they want to pick a side oh. at some point. And unfortunately, and they, it may, feeds, they may start talking it feeds too. their algorithm. Like it feeds, that's like Twitter was made for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Social media is made for this. Like mm -hmm. there's literally teams of people yep. going, how do we piss more people off? <laughs> 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 you know, stuff's showing up that they don't want to see so that they engage. And, yep. you know, because that's their bottom line. But nobody that's using it realizes that they're just contributing to that. Um, so again, I don't so know. At the end of the day, business yeah. happens and nobody realizes it. And <laughs> we strongly, we strongly believe that there's much less influence in the Twitter space in what games get bought and sold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then people, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And the, the unfortunate part is that there are publishers who are willing to live and die by what Twitter says to do. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's, that's only going to affect them, honestly, uh, when right. they stop doing certain things. Yeah, I think that there's a certain philosophy of exclusion. You know what? I love what Michael Jordan said. You know, I, I can't remember when, but he was questioned about his politics. Why don't you show your politics more? You know, and mm -hmm. he said, well, because Republicans buy sneakers too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. I just thought that was... It's, yep. a, it's, it's all about, like, are you here for the business or not? And if you're here for the right. business, then you might want to steer clear of, of the politics. What, what's interesting is those people on Twitter... How many of them are actually buying games right now? Right. In, in that little in that, that little area that's just screaming and yelling and telling everybody how to do business, how many of them are actually going out and buying those games? I, I right. beg to wonder. Because most of them are content creators, and most of them are the ones asking for the free copies. Yeah. <laughs> so, just think about that for a few minutes, right? Yeah. So I have uh, one thought and then one question. So I'll, sure. I'll go with the, uh, the, the thought first is that, I think that one of the lessons that I've learned in dealing with criticism, because I'm criticized a lot, I'm getting, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm told that I'm going to hell unless I repent on a regular basis. Yeah. And then I'm told to get my filthy religion out of uh, this person, a person's hobby on yeah. a regular basis. And so I'm pretty sure that, you know, when I die, my funeral will be protested by misguided Christians <laughs> and celebrated by, you know, uh, angry yeah. uh, non-Christians maybe, yeah. but um you know, I, I think that one of the things that really helps me get through it is to embrace the uh, the joke. You know, there's this whole idea about the yeah. banjo. Like I embrace yeah. the banjo. I mean, because let me tell you what I want. You know, one day I was in a, a board game revolution Facebook community and I posted yeah. somebody else posted. Oh, I'm so excited about this, this game that's coming out. And then like you got eight banjo memes and five people arguing about the banjo memes and then 10 more people saying, oh, these people are 
you know, stupid for making such a stupid theme. And then you had another 10 people arguing with those people. And I added 400 people to my email list in four hours. Wow. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) So So, that's that's (laughs) marketing gold, man. You want that discussion happening. I mean, you don't know how many of those people are posting going, oh, banjos, banjos, but then are also signing up on your list. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, you know, trashing, but then behind closed doors, they're like, but actually, I'm going to back it. People are still going to buy the games they want to play. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the actually important thing, and like 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 Andrew said, you know, you get these people who flame you and, and are get really upset or have extreme sides. The one thing is, is the more passionate that person is, the more you know you made an impact. Yeah. Um, in fact, for example, we like like we've said, we've had to turn down some some clients for games for Kickstarter games because they didn't quite match what what we advertised, and sometimes we get some upset responses from that. And of course, you know, at first you feel hurt because it's a, it's a hurtful message and, you know, yes. they want to know why. But at the same time, you're like, wow, they are so upset because our product works so well and they're not able right. to get it. So exactly. that's, I mean, if you, right, if you do it, right. if you look at it that way, yeah, it's just, you know, the more, the more passion these people have one way or the other about you, the more the impact you're making it. And it's, 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 you know, it's I, a really I, good I, point. I, yeah. Good yeah point. So instead of feeling hurt, you should be like, wow, you know. Uh, all this drama is because because of something kind of honored that, I that did. you really want our service so, so bad yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah or the game i made or or yeah. so it must be really making an impact if it's making all these people very passionate about yeah. you know, their I- ideology so, right yep yeah. yeah you know one last element is that i you know related to kind of trolls you know the the whole idea behind trolls i, I i'm reminded of uh what is that old kind of cult classic scary movie with the gremlins oh it's called gremlins, gremlins. Right. you had the really cute guy that you fed with water that's, that's gizmo. gizmo yeah gizmo <laughs> don't let gizmo touch water and all that yeah. um that was hilarious edit that don't out him after midnight. Um, <laughs> so the idea behind trolls is that uh when you feed them they only grow stronger yep. and yes. more hungry exactly. right so don't feed the trolls and yeah. i am so tempted all the time to you know i i'll get messages about like oh you christians were you know responsible for all the dungeons and dragons stuff in the 80s now you want us to buy you know a game you yeah. know and like what idiots blah blah <laughs> and you know sometimes i just want you know i want to at least say something but yeah. i realize that if i do it would only be making a situation worse sometimes i'll you know simply delete a very super inflammatory post you know maybe if it's uh you know filled with like curse words and just mm-hmm. insults mm-hmm. and whatnot and adds no value whatsoever but other times i i just i'll leave it up and then somebody else will respond and you know for me and say oh yeah. actually no this happen. is not yeah. like that yeah. you know totally. but um i think I've there's a lot if of you try to that. take down posts it makes it worse so um, in fact, I was involved in a group and someone said something that I thought was sort of rude and the, one of the admins took it down and all of a sudden another rude post came up. Oh, so now you're telling us what we can say and not say, and it just got worse from there. So yeah. I, you know, I, I was actually leave it up. of taking down, of, of deleting a post by this one user. It was a pretty, you know, it was oh, yeah, a very pointed right. post, but it wasn't bad. You know, it was just like, mm-hmm. they were trying to get their, they were accusing us of things. And I actually responded to the post, but they were like, why did you delete it? I saw you deleted my post. You can't post it. You're, what are you hiding? And I looked and it was actually caught in the approval section in YouTube. Certain comments uh, get hung up there. So I'm like, yeah. oh, that's why. So I posted it and I said, sorry, it got hung up. But here's my reply. And I was just like, we're not, like I'm not going to go here and just delete you for the sake of hiding. Right. Like I'm right. hiding something. Like we've been yeah. nothing but, yep. but transparent this I, whole time. There's another issue with YouTube comments in particular is that you can edit the comments after the fact, but they don't mm-hmm. show you the edit history. 
So you've got to yes. be very careful on YouTube because you could have a conversation with someone. They could go back, edit it, and then, you know, basically yep. turn the conversation to something that the conversation wasn't. So exactly. it's always right. important to have email notifications so that you can get emailed and then you have proof of what the comment actually yep. was. But obviously you have lots point, of comments. Yeah. So that's not going to... Oh happen. yeah, we have we have all those emails. Yeah. We, we, we're we're very good at collecting evidence because of, of all the all the shade that's been thrown on us over the years. Yeah. Um, you'd be you'd be amazed if you if you had a peek at half the things we have. Well, I think I, it, yep. you know what it boils down to again is just that you're not going to please everybody, regardless of what you do, like or who you are. You're just mm -hmm. not going to please yep. everybody. I read, so. I read a good saying. It was like, um, "Why do you want everyone to like you when you don't like everyone?" Yeah, and I was like, you know yeah. what? That makes a lot of sense. It does. Like, we're all unique. We're all humans. We're all, you know, fallible. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, you're not going to get along with everybody. It's just the truth. Like, it's just right. human nature. But yeah. you know, as long I'll, as you're not I'll going put it this way. way you know, you've got that commonly uh, spoken phrase: "Riches are in the niches." You know, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, we're creating this extremely niche board game, and it's yep. it's uh, receiving a lot of excitement because it mm -hmm. is so niche. It's like interesting. A theme is not like that, and yeah. all that. Yeah. And I think that what you guys are doing with your content is much the same. You yeah, know? and that's that's where our focus. Like coming back, that's where our focus is really on delivering content now. And what we promised ourselves was was to not get involved in that whole side of of the content creation community bit, right? So mm -hmm. where we were like always wanting to be part of it, and always felt sort of like outcast from it. We've accepted that now, right? And we're yep. not even going to engage in any of it anymore. We're not even going to like with any, we have a few content creators that we know and trust. Everyone else is just, they do their thing. We'll do ours. And we're not part of any of it. And we're mm -hmm. just going to keep our heads mm -hmm. down, stay focused, deliver our content and just work with our and work and work on our, our, our next project. And our work on our next big project. <laughs> that's, that's where, that's where our, our goal is. And, and we're hoping that this big project is received well. That's and I think excellent. it will be because I think it's it's way overdue and it's much needed. It's, it's really what we, what we've come up with is is sort of a payment structure where it's not like all right, pay me seven hundred and fifty dollars or eight hundred dollars or a thousand dollars for my video, right? It Which is, is if I'm if I'm straight, like I think is how a lot of people are charging right now, it's right? Just, it's yeah. like here's my price, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Pay me. <laughs> what we're offering is, hey, we'll do your Kickstarter video and we'll charge you twenty cents per view, right? And we're hopefully you have to trust in that we're not going to have fake views, right? And what we're going to say is to a maximum of, say, it's $500, right, at, at the end of 30 days. So if I can't get you the views that you expect in 30 days, you're not going to pay me $500. You may pay me $200. And at least you're going to get the value for your money, no matter what. If I get 10 views, you barely, you barely owe me anything. What do you owe me, a dollar? So, or so $2? Like at the end of that 30 day period, then you're also going to get a, um, like a summary, like a, a summary sheet that says, here's how many impressions you had. Here's how many like social media posts we did. Here's how they did. Here's some great comments we got. Mm -hmm. Here's some feedback that we got from our audience. So it's more of a, of a summary. And hopefully what we're hoping is that it's providing a little bit more value to you than, than just, you know, Pay us seven hundred. Yeah, how many people are coming back yeah. after the fact and quantifying the value you got out of there, out or of at least right. to the best of their ability, I guess. Right? I think that that'll build loyalty with publishers that want to use you guys over and over again. Yep. You know that yeah. that's really where I I see kind of the long term play is that eventually you guys are in such high demand that you should raise your prices. Yeah, and you know because otherwise it's like every as they say Tom Dick and Sally is going to want to yeah. use you guys for their for their game reviews. Right. But, well, what we're so, also yeah. hoping though is that it also sets a precedence for these publishers to look at that model and say, yeah, why would I pay you a thousand dollars for this when I can see that you're clearly not getting 
a twenty percent rate on the return here on for the views, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then yep. actually start pushing back on these high these, these overinflated prices because mm-hmm. who's who's managing that, right? Like, because yeah. it's all it's the wild west. There's no consistency because yep. nobody knows what anybody else is charging, and they're just going to charge. Well, that's what exactly it. What like nobody knows. Value I think in like it's funny in the wedding photography industry, it's the same way, right? And if you're somebody like me, I'm like sort of an on the side. I, I do this for fun, like I enjoy it. Like I charge, but I definitely don't charge probably as much. And like yeah. people hate it because it's like, well, they can go get your quality of service. Now you're bringing down the value of mm-hmm. that service. So it's tough to not charge because there are so many people that are doing good work right. and they probably should, you know, you should be charging. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also very selective in in the Kickstarters that we do back or not that we, well, we're selective in the ones we back. But yeah. We're also selective in the ones that we're, you know, backing with our, our uh-huh. services, I guess with you could videos, say. Because yeah. we, you know, our time is limited. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is that aspect of it as well. Yep. This makes it a little bit, I don't know, a little bit better for everybody, I think. I think so. I, so I, think it's, I, it's really... I have a quick question about yeah. that. Yeah. So if you guys do do like uh, pricing by views, what kind of impact do you think it'll be? Like, for example, let's say it's someone has like a board game about moving furniture. I don't yeah. think a lot of people are going to be interested in moving. <laughs> I hate moving uh-huh. furniture. Right. Um, do you, and they may get a low view count because of that. Would that affect the value of, of, of what you do? Well, that's where you have to be selective about what you're going to take on as a project, right? Because yeah. us, we're going to say, okay, nobody really wants to watch a game on moving yeah. furniture. So maybe we don't take on this Kickstarter, right? Or but maybe ex- they really do. Maybe like, they and do. that's the thing is like, and again, as a, as a publisher, you should be just as picky about the content creators that you're selecting, because if you're going to pay the money, regardless of if it's, you know, a hundred dollars or $500 or $700, you want to make sure that you're getting in front of the right audience. And if me as a content creator, I'm saying, look, you're not going to get the views that you might want out of my audience. First of all, that's something that I should be saying as a content creator, which we do all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, we will a lot of times take you know these requests and send them on to people who we know their audience is probably more appropriate for the Kickstarter, and they deal with it and they do their own thing. But that's a question that you should be you should be asking. And if we're not going to give you the views, maybe you shouldn't be giving us the money, and maybe we shouldn't be reviewing the game. Right. <laughs> or you'll know you'll get what views we get and you'll pay for what views we get. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which would be less, which would be less than that $500, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I, I know I said it was my last question, but I have a last, last question. Okay. okay. This, this actually relates to, um, so I, this is a common occurrence, but it's something that also happened with, with you guys doing uh, the video for deliverance. Mm-hmm. Um, when you did the uh, video the, and um, so I'll get, I'll provide just a little bit of background for everybody. The, uh, a Kickstarter preview is mm-hmm. not a review. Correct. And so when uh, oftentimes what a creator will do is they'll give you a preview of the game, which tells you uh, all about the game, shows you mm-hmm. how it works and tries to inform you as much as possible so that um, you would want to, uh, you know, to see if you'd want to back it or not. Right. Right. And as a, as a, uh, a publisher, I don't want that at all. I want you to say, <laughs> this game is so good. You should back it right now. I'm so <laughs> thrilled and right. excited. Yeah. And, I, I believe Isaac Childers said that the entirety of his Gloomhaven success in his first printing, he made about $400,000 or so. Um, in the first printing of Gloomhaven, he, he attributed that success directly to Rado's video that okay. Rado did of Gloomhaven. And, you know, I think that every content creator looks at, or not, I'm sorry, every uh, publisher and, and hopeful, uh, Kickstarter hopeful, looks at a content creator as another potential source of virality so you know you guys maybe 
you know, if you say the right thing in the right way, we'll make my campaign skyrocket or, or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I know that that is probably a tough ask for hundreds of games that you guys will be reviewing, right? You can't be like, this is the best game too, mm -hmm. um, yeah. right? And so um, it seemed to me as though you had uh, been very purposeful about how you spoke about uh, Deliverance mm -hmm. um, as, as a kind of a, you know, a case study that we could talk about. Care to uh, explain a little bit about your philosophy there and why other board game creators uh, mm -hmm. do the same thing? Well, one, it's a preview, right? And, and it's not a final version. So for me to give opinion, like I could say, yeah, as a preview copy, this thing is great. But when it goes to public, uh, to publish uh, retail status, it may be a completely different game. And it may not be as good as what I describe in my video. So somebody coming in watching my preview video after this thing is already launched or released may find themselves playing a completely different game. So we want to be very careful in how we show whether or not we like our opinions on it. Because again, it's, it's, it's a prototype copy. It's not the final. And we definitely don't want to get in the in, in a position where we I've seen another content creator get flamed up and down because he was praising a Kickstarter game on his channel. And that thing never actually didn't fund. And it was like a 300 page posting on on BGG's forums about him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and because he gets paid for it. So uh, it was horrific. So I'm like. And I get it because he was basically advertising and telling people to go back a game that just, uh, or it got funded and they never delivered it or something like that. It was a, it was, it was a mm. really bad situation. And, uh, you know, they blamed him a lot for, for being disingenuous and actually, you know, not disclosing that he was getting paid for it and all this, and it went down this whole rabbit hole of things. And so even though we don't take money for it, eventually when we do, if we're going to go out and say, this is the greatest game ever, you need to back this. It's going to be presented as a commercial and an advertisement, not as a preview, unless mm -hmm. we want to totally say, okay, this is a paid preview and this is more of an advertisement, right? This isn't. Well, yeah. And I think what, what you're trying to get, we've had this conversation yeah. so many times, is there's there are different kinds of content people are creating. And unfortunately, right now we say, I'm getting a review. And that means like a hundred different things to a mm hundred -hmm. different people. And nobody's really clear about what kind of content they're getting or giving right? There is not a lot of transparency and there's not a lot of definition in what is the expectation here and what purpose is this serving? So we're trying to be very intentional with the content that we're producing going forward, saying, here's what we're creating, here's why we're creating it, and here's the purpose of that, right? So with our playthrough videos, where right now, whether it's a Kickstarter that we're playing through or it's a, a full game, you know, retail game that we're playing through, our big thing is that we want to show you how it plays you're getting our real impressions while we're playing the game. We're not fake. We're not going to be overly base just because we're doing a Kickstarter and we don't know what it's going to end up looking like. If we're enthusiastic during the playthrough, it's because we're enthusiastic during the mm -hmm. playthrough. We can't hide that. We're not going to try to hide that. We're That's actually what I noticed like, about Deliverance. It seemed you, like you guys yeah, were really we enjoying really yourselves. Enjoy it. We really that enjoyed it. That should come through and without that, us having exactly. to do anything and it, different. It shouldn't, we should not have to, at the end of the video, say, we give this game an eight out of 10 and yeah. you should go back it on Kickstarter. Right. If you're, if you're having to do that at the end of your content, then you're not delivering, in my opinion, the kind of content that's valuable to a publisher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, unless of course, it's very specific that you're doing a, a demo, an instructional video, these videos, this content has a very different purpose. 
So if you're hiring somebody, if you're a publisher and you're hiring somebody to do an instructional video, the purpose of that video is not to be overly enthusiastic and show how much the game is great, but you're just showing the mechanics to make sure that somebody else can pick it up and actually play it. Um, you're not showing the experience of playing that game. With what we're doing and what we're delivering, we're showing you the experience of what it's like to play the game. That's it. Um, mm -hmm. And again, like we said, and continue to say, yeah. it's at the end, we're not really, if you go back, it's funny, if you watch that deliverance video, I would be hard pressed to hear us actually say, go back this right now, even mm -hmm. though that may have been the effect, because we truly had a great, and we were enthusiastic, yeah. and we really love the game, and that came across, because we're real in our right. in our communication of, of That's how why we're feeling about it. People will mm -hmm. comment and say, after your video, I, I realized that the game wasn't for me, so I'm not going to back it. Or they'll say, after the video, I realized that I need this game, and I'm right. going to back it, without us saying right. either way. And we shouldn't have yep. to say, because even after I, they watch our video, at the end, if we did say, you need to go back this right now, and they watched the video and were like, I don't like this game. Right. And I don't like the way it plays. They're not going to go back it, even though I told them to. Yeah. Yep. And the thing is, too, and maybe, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that the the idea is we want everybody to back our game, right? Like we want all the backing, everybody back it. <laughs> but if if people, if half the people that are backing your game are, are going to end up not enjoying it, mm -hmm. They're going to be pissed off at the content creator that sold them the video. Mm -hmm. They're going to be leaving bad reviews on your game. Mm -hmm. So why mm -hmm. not cut the crap from the beginning, get the yep. game into the hands of the people that are actually going to love it and, and be enthusiastic about it and share it with their friends and family with enthusiasm and let that go. Once it goes to retail, now you're selling all kinds of copies because mm -hmm. everybody's having a good time with it, as opposed to having half of these people that bought mm -hmm. it or backed it because of some inflated video that they saw. Mm -hmm. And right. they actually don't like the gameplay. Yeah, and tell you what, the minute we sit there and tell somebody to go buy a game, they do, and it turns out to be trash, <laughs> then our stock goes way yep. down exactly. because now nobody right. trusts us. And it goes right back to pick a content creator who knows their audience. You know the audience that your game's going to get in front of. You know it's your target demo, and you know that the majority of people that are going to see it are going to want to back it mm -hmm. and are going to actually enjoy that. That yeah. Type of and and as, a, as a publisher, you need to be very careful with selecting your your reviewers, right? Because nowadays it's it's all about cult of the new and it's mm -hmm. about uh, all these. There's a lot of competition in the content creator space to get more subscribers. So what you're finding and if you really pay attention to the videos out there, you'll see that there are a lot of content creators receiving games and posting videos with reviews within a day. Yeah. How yeah, many times okay. have you played that game? <laughs> right. You barely learned that game. And you're posting your thoughts on that game in a yeah. day. I couldn't tell you my thoughts on a game in day on day one. I, if I could, especially they, not. I, I guarantee you yeah. that that my thoughts are not going to be very accurate, and I'm going to change them at some point by the end of the yeah. week. It takes us a full week, three to five playthroughs, to really get a feel for what we're doing, beginning to end on these games. Now we've seen new games come out that are played that cannot have been played more than one time. <laughs> where people are giving their opinions on it. And I, to me, I'm just like, how in the world? We just kind of shake our heads. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, there's no yeah. way that you've taken the time to really, really bet this game. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. Thank you for enjoying our two-part series with Anthony and Francis of Ant Lab Games. And check them out if you're interested in real, authentic board game playthroughs and reviews. Uh, they're on YouTube at Ant Lab Games. They're also on Instagram at, at, lab, at Ant Lab Gameplays. And if you'd like to send an email, go ahead and send, them, send an email to antlabgames at gmail.com. 
And of course, as always, if you're interested in our podcast and want to listen to more, visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com. And we'll see you next week. Stay nerdy. Thank you.